if you've grown up in the church and you've been around the teachings of the Bible for a long time, sometimes because of our familiarity to these teachings, because of our proximity uh, to uh, Christian circles and the Christian world, um, unfortunately, the things that we read and the things that we're taught uh, grow to seem unremarkable to us only because we've been around it so much and we've heard it so much. Um, And so I think there is a temptation when you've been walking with the Lord for a long time uh, to lose sight of the remarkable gift of His grace and mercy, of the remarkable things that Jesus has done for us. And today, as we move into Colossians chapter 2, verses 9 through 15, um, Paul reminds us of the remarkable work of Christ on our behalf. Um, Paul also vividly reminds us who Jesus is, and um, there's no avoiding the reality (laughs) of what he's done and of our great need um, as sinners in need of grace and mercy. And so this passage is powerful and uh, conveys such a strong message about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And so uh, we're going to be jumping into the scripture here in a moment, but let's just uh, pray as we begin. Heavenly Father, it's another Friday and uh, a whole week is behind us. And some of us are here today, Lord, <laughs> and we're saying, whew, Thank you, Jesus. Uh, that's all behind us. And some of us have been riding the wave, Lord, and, and we get to Friday and we say, bring on some more. Uh, things couldn't get better. And some of us are just tired, and some of us are just weary, and some of us are just kind of here. And Lord, I pray that wherever uh, we are at today, uh, you would meet us in that space. And Father, I pray that you would speak uh, a spark, a flame into our hearts today, that you would fan new passion alive within us uh, as we read your word today. Lord, um, please help us not to let these truths become unremarkable simply because we're familiar with them. But Lord, keep them alive in our hearts. Keep them burning within us. And help us always, Lord, to appreciate what you have done and who you are. We love you today, Lord Jesus, and we pray that you would open us up, wide up, to receive what you have for us today. Send your spirit, uh, and we know that you'll teach us, and we give you thanks again. We love you so much, Lord, in your name. Amen. Well, let's jump right into the passage and uh, Paul's words, starting in verse 9. He says, For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. Uh, And in Christ you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. In him you were also circumcised with a circumcision not performed by human hands. Your whole self, ruled by the flesh, was put off when you were circumcised by Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him, through your faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead. When you were dead in your sins and in the circumcision of your flesh, in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. 
He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Sitting here this morning and reading these words, uh, they visibly move my heart uh, because uh, I have asked Jesus not to let these things become unremarkable to me. And I read these words and I see what he's done for me and I hear what he's done for me and the powerful uh, language that Paul uses uh, when he talks about the way that Jesus has obliterated sin. Uh, it's been nailed to the cross. That person we were, that identity we were before Christ, it's been nailed to the cross. It is no more. And I'm so grateful for that today. Uh, there's a lot here to unpack, and I want to get right into that. First of all, Paul makes a very clear statement about the divinity of Christ in verse 9. He says that all the fullness of the deity dwells in him. He's God. Don't mistake that. And uh, it says, in him we've been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. There is no power and no authority in all the earth and the heavens and the universe uh, greater than Jesus. He is the greatest power and the greatest authority. Um, and so Satan has no claim on our lives. Um, sin has no claim on our lives. Uh, people who have harmed and abused us, abused us have no claim on our lives. Uh, our bosses have no claim on our lives. They have positional authority based on the role that they play, and we should respect that. But they have no claim on us. We're a slave to no one but Christ himself. Um, and so Jesus is the central power and authority in our lives and in all the universe. Paul gets into some theological stuff in verse 11, talking about circumcision in the Old Testament covenant. Circumcision was a symbol of a person belonging to God. And uh, little male children were circumcised uh, within a few days of their birth. Uh, to symbolize their being set apart as belonging to God. Uh, but it was a symbolic circumcision. Uh, Paul says, <laughs> in Christ, instead of just that symbol, your whole self, which was once ruled by the flesh, was put off when you were circumcised by Christ, a spiritual circumcision of the heart, which goes deeper and broader, and it is a more intense circumcision than the circumcision of the flesh. Um, because we've been buried with Christ in baptism. The symbol of baptism is of our burial and of our resurrection to new life in Him. And so we've been raised to new life because of faith. We're no longer dead in our sins. We are alive in Christ. I hope you see the power of those words. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave all our sins. There is no sin you have committed. There is no sin that you can commit in the future. And there is no sin committed against you that is, not, that is greater than the power of God's forgiveness and redemption. Your sins have been forgiven. And he's canceled the debt, uh, canceled the charge against you and all of its indebtedness, uh, which stood against us and condemned us. In our own flesh, we stood condemned before God. But Jesus has taken it away and he's nailed it to the cross. 
And by doing so, he has disarmed the powers and authorities of this dark world, of this uh, of, of, of evil in the universe. He made a public spectacle of the enemy, and he triumphed over sin and evil and darkness and death once and for all on the cross. <laughs> and I hope that you live in a space of gratitude as you hear these words. This is work accomplished for us that we could never accomplish for ourselves on the basis of Christ's death on our behalf. He took on the debt that belonged to us. He took on the penalty that belonged to us. He nailed our sins to the cross once and for all, and we're now forgiven and free. (laughs) My friends, I can't think of a better message to end the week on than the truth of our forgiveness in Christ, Christ Jesus our Lord, and the beautiful, beautiful redemption that he provides. Walk in freedom, grace, and truth today as a child of God. God bless you. Have a great weekend. We'll catch up again next week on Monday.